welcome back to the prevent table preventable we still haven't decided on what emphasis we want to put on the syllable but welcome back and with me today is polly and polly and i are in similar circles on lots of different groups and um Polly is somebody that I'm always looking at on my social feed because of all of the advocacy. I'm going to say that. And then, I mean, you are, you are very vocal. You are a very vocal advocate, specifically around you know, trauma-informed care and violence prevention. Um, you know, we live in the city of St. Louis, so gun violence is top of mind for a lot of people. So thank you so much for joining today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. You have a really interesting perspective. I mean, you've been working in this field of trauma and violence prevention for quite some time. How many years? So as a direct practitioner, I worked about eight years. Wow. And then I transitioning into doing community engagement work about six years ago. Wow. And then you also are, were, were you born here in this country? You're, you're from Puerto Rico, correct? I am from Puerto Rico. Some people forget that we are part of the United States. Oh, duh. Did I just... I no, no, it. no, no, you're fine. Actually, let's we should talk about let's it because it. it actually affects everything, right? Of it who, does. <laughs> of who I am. So Puerto Rico is part of the United States. As some folks would describe us as a colony, others as a territory. So it depends how folks feel mm, uh, regarding mm. politics. But you've lived in St. Louis I since came, grad school? Uh, no, even before I came for undergrad. I came here when I was 17. Really? Really? And you are the child of somebody who has struggled with substance use disorder. It, my dad struggled for about 25 years. Um, and I, a little bit after it, my parents divorced and uh, my dad decided that it was time to seek help. Really? So is your dad in long-term recovery? He is. And awesome. he actually runs uh, substance use um, work in Puerto Rico. Get out. I didn't know that. Learning something new. So how has your, I'm, I'm curious about a couple of things specifically with your dad. So I'm wondering like when you were growing up, you know, I feel like families kind of go one of two ways. Either it's talked about all the time that this is what's, you know, so to speak in our genes, that this is something that we have to pay attention to, or it's like completely shoved under the rug and no one talks about it. Um, that's generally the two camps. Did your family fall into one of those camps or were they somewhere in the middle? I would say a combination okay. of uh, talking about it and at times perhaps the suffering of my grandma was there on my maternal side because I do have stories also from my uncle um, using heroin. Mm. And then me being involved like as an intermediary as, as a sense of my mom called me to have my dad come and help with my uncle wow. later when I was in uh, I think I was probably in grad school at that wow. point so I've seen it from many different angles I also have wild stories that my mom didn't know till recently it, it's been a combination of um, piecing things together mm -hmm. um, stories that my mom was at stories that my uncles were at that they hadn't shared with my mom um, and this has all come together now recently as, as an adult, like, and it was because my uncles and my mom were, we were all sitting at a table with my husband. So my husband for a long time thought my stories, I 
like he thought that I was lying and then it was my sister corroborating some of it and then my mom and my uncles and it's all come together probably in the past three to four years really like so, so my dad was a mob doctor I'm sorry I'm, I thought you said mob doctor yes okay your dad was a mob doctor in, and in he, a sense I think that would be the so the a term doctor to, use. to mobsters so my dad Dad went to med school. First of all, are you allowed to say this, or do you need to go into uh, like the witness protection program? After? I think for a time he was being like sort of investigated for different results. So my dad also was an activist in the seventies. Huh. Um, so he is that had, where you get it from? It, that's my sister says your dad, hmm. but I don't. I don't think I should. I don't deserve the term. I think to be called an activist is an honor, and I don't think I'm there yet. Hmm. I don't think I've earned that. Um, so I would respectfully disagree, but continue. So I am going to move, go back to the story. So growing up, um, my dad would help folks who had been injured, and they would come to his house for help at times, maybe to remove a bullet. Oh, um, and like they couldn't go to the emergency room. Correct. Got um, it. I also have, um, and my dad would like, we would have conversations. This is just like casual conversations. Oh, okay. Like that he would share with me. Uh, so that's why I'm very like, uh, I have memories of going to my godfather's house and like just cocaine being on the table. Like we're talking like. Like Scarface cocaine. Yes, like like amount of cocaine on the table. And I was probably about four or five. Wow. Um, my uncles have stories of going because my dad said, "Oh, can you come help me do something?" And like, suddenly being surrounded by the police and like just finding their way out. Um, maybe I'm sharing too much, but like, I have wild, wild stories that we my, can cut anything. So then, to the, like, my husband, these stories I didn't know that one. I knew other ones. Uh, so and my mom was like, "Wait, what? You guys were? He took you guys because those are her siblings." To do what? Mm-hmm. And these all things coming together now. I am almost 40. Mm. So my mom knew some, of course, because she was the significant other. Right, right. Um, yeah, lots of, I have lots of. So, but your dad, your family in Puerto Rico came from generational wealth. It, my dad's side, dad's well, it was built wealth by my grandfather. So okay. my grandfather grew up very, very poor, uh, went to the war, served. Um, in the army, and then when he came back, he went to college and became a teacher. And from there, huh. um, he uh, became the mayor of the town. And then my grandfather was a lender, so he was a money lender. So we lived. He, my dad grew up okay, right? like what we consider, you know, um, like middle class, maybe middle class, upper middle class in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of moved into different worlds because my mom grew up pretty poor. Mm. Um, it, but I went to private schools all my life. So it was like trying to like kind of navigate these different worlds of my grandma living in the projects mm. um, on my grandma's house. And then my grandparents having like uh, several houses that mm. they rented and like um, they took care of me after school. So all these things, but everything came to head in third grade. It was, that's when my world um, it, the sense fell apart. So um, Hurricane Hugo hit in September. 
88 or 89, I can't remember. I just remember being in third grade. So we were prepping for the hurricane, and my father, instead of, like, kind of staying awake with us, he just went and got high drunk, whatever he did. And by the time the hurricane hit, he was so in some slumber or whatever you want to call it that he didn't realize that we had lost our roof <gasps> and we were inside. Oh, my goodness. So this, our house was in the second floor. Our house was made out of wood and sink, and the main floor was made out of cement. So I was itty-bitty um, in the sense I have always been tiny. You are, you are. You are, was, a, you are a cute, tiny person. So, I was like, but imagine, I was like a third grade. Yeah. Itty-bitty that I fit in the fence in between the <gasps> homes, so I went in, like in the staircase, snuck myself in and knocked on the door. Oh. My landlord said, we lost our roof, but she had to open the door. And I remember my parents carrying like um, the laundry baskets with whatever we could take and go into her house. Um, and the hurricane just blew our whole, we had a beautiful deck. This house was big for some reason, even though it was a second story, it was huge and it blew our deck in the, fr in the front of the house. We lost pretty much everything. everything. But for some reason, I think that was the, that was it for my mom. Mm, that was, that was the, the straw that for her. That was, like, I think we've had gone through enough at that point um, that our, our house got rebuilt. We moved back. But at some point, I think around January, my mom decided that we needed to leave. And leave in a very rushed way and also hide. Mm. So mm. he found us because I mean, it's, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had to go to school, so he found us, right? I mean, in, a, in a sense, but I remember being just terrified of this man that was like almost my like my. He was my dude. I was gonna say so, yeah, like it sounds like dude. like your dad was like your person, and he was he yes. was up for a good time, and he would you know, and the next thing you know, you're being told, and he's threatening my mom in front of me. No, I remember like what, just what. He's, how traumatic. He said, I am going to burn your stuff. That's what I remember it in just hiding. So we drove back to her work, but instead of driving into her work, we went to the building across the street where her friend worked and saw him drive like he was going to show up at her work. But luckily we were in the building oh across. Oh, my goodness. So as a third, that's when everything I was like, my dude, he took me everywhere. My dad took care of me after school. He was a, the person took me to the beach and the rainforest and I did all these really fun things, even after, yeah. like, when it was his turn to take care of me. But he was my... He was your person. He was my person. And so, I mean, I would imagine your world was turned upside down. Did you have any idea the why? Like, I think some kids would be sort of resentful at the mom, right? Not did at you that. have any idea? I, I don't think then. It was later on because my dad talks about, about everything. Ah. Oh, so there's no later on he would say like he would talk about it he's like I need help I need like I need to go to see the psychiatrist he's my dad was he's very open mm -hmm. he would talk about whatever like. so your dad is now in long-term recovery he is he's been since I would, I would say since I was in fifth grade so how is your relationship with him now it is not great because there were several things have happened. I think becoming an adult, mm. it's when you get that light bulb hit. But so things, different things happen. 
um, which where my dad became very religious. So my dad went from being very liberal. Um, and, and at the same time, became more and more involved with politics. Ah, okay. Um, so there were shifts in his politics, but also my dad started also kind of being behind the scenes in many of the campaigns. So as I died, but also helping in the community, I think that was his way. His recovery was giving back. Right, right. And, it, and that meant also, uh, in a sense, compromising. Mm. Mm. So now do you, I mean, how aware are you of the fact that genetics plays a part right not the part like just because your parent had a substance use disorder does not mean that you will but how much do you think about that did you think about that growing up I mean is it something you and your sister talk about are you mindful of it or is it like hmm absolutely so very much so um especially once I started studying more psychology and I was pre-med Oh. Um, Man, I'm learning all new kinds of things about you today. So, so I was learning about, I learned that, gen- that addiction w- was part of our genetics, but I didn't realize to the point till I actually um, became trained under Alive and Well six years ago. Um, so that's when I kind of, some of the pieces came together. So I would say that I was the kid that didn't smoke pot, right? Or didn't try pot till very late and I still don't partake in that because I'm concerned but it's like also hypocritical because I will have a drink or two it's a it's a complex but it's it's top of mind for you do you ever do what I do sometimes where I drink and then I start to like count my drinks or space out because I know that it quote-unquote runs in my family and I start to like freak myself out a little bit about patterns that I'm exhibiting, even when they're not, they're not. So I would say. I'm just overly cautious. So, well, one, I'm after, I'll get sick. So Polly's not, I will not get belligerent. Polly throws up and falls asleep. So that is not, (laughs) so you are not going to. So, yes. So I, I always hear my husband in the back of my head, pace yourself. (laughs) Um, so it's not necessarily so yes I am thinking about genetics but more with my medications Mm. because I have pinched nerves and all that so I'm and you're thinking about the contra indication yeah I am I am hyper vigilant about becoming addicted to my medication so that Uh. is definitely like I like opioids and my sleeping meds so I am hyper aware of that and like like even thinking okay so I've been relying a little bit on my sleeping medication so maybe next week I need to do a washout mm-hmm. right because it's mm-hmm. a long weekend so no I am hyper aware of that but when you talked about patterns and habits I I, I want other folks to know that even though all those of us who seem strong but I am weak I am weak I'm here to say I am weak the beginning of the pandemic was and I found myself having a drink every day. It wasn't like just one drink, and it was both my husband and I. And then he actually, he was like, I'm going to stop. And he was just talking about himself. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the pandemic was rough. The beginning was 
was yep quite difficult so i saw myself relying on that one drink so that definitely i am hyper aware of that because i'm like okay this can lean lead to mm-hmm. um having more than one or yeah. doing it every and day it doesn't so. mean it will but it's just that in your head it's it, it's uh yeah it's it's a mind it's a mind thing I, it is and i want others to know that most humans struggle during this period because we were used to not being able to step outside or spend time with others and we're social creatures yeah we are we are i would love for you to come back sometime because we didn't even get into i, I we didn't even talk about the violence prevention work you've done we didn't even talk about really i mean you've talked about trauma but we didn't really even talk about how trauma and your aces score or where trauma is in the soil you know what that can lead to and and what behaviors that might prompt or or not right we didn't even talk about that so we need to we need to have you come back will you come back i will come back okay yay just want to thank you so much polly and if you are listening and you like this conversation and you want more uh, authentic deep dives with people that just make you say how, how fascinating. I'm like, I can't believe I got to learn something about them. Uh, if you are saying yes to all of that, please consider subscribing to our podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, Polly. Thank you for having me.